0: Hi everyone, this is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com and you're listening to another DevOps Chat Podcast. Today I'm joined by Derek Mankey, Chief of Security Insights at Fortinet. But Derek's a frequent speaker. He also blogs at the Fortinet blog and he's going to be talking at RSA Asia Pacific and Japan Conference in Singapore. He's got a super interesting conversation and talk that he's going to be having called Flash War, Tapering and Accelerating Attack Chain. Okay, that sounds like uh, the next the next Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> so I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome, Derek.
1: Hey, great. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much.
0: Absolutely. Now, would you do us a favor? Just give us a little bit of background, introduce yourself, what you do at Fortinet.
1: Yeah, sure. So I've been at Fortinet for uh, 15 years. Uh, I started life at Fortinet as a uh, reverse engineer, so actually a security analyst, you know, bits and bytes, uh, you know, ripping malware apart, uh, doing some reverse engineering and debugging, understanding threats in the threat landscape. Uh, nowadays, na- nowadays I-, I lead our global CTI, our threat intelligence team. I head up our global threat alliances as well. So, you know, I wrote the original bylaws for the Cyber threat alliance, sat on the steering committee there. I'm always trying to do more with intelligence, right? We do a lot of great research and obviously customer protection is first and foremost for us. But as we're getting more intel, uh, you know, we're we're developing advanced playbooks now on, on the adversaries of discovery techniques, tactics, procedures, how they're operating, how quick they're operating, which is obviously, you know, the uh, the, the, the basis of this talk. Yeah, but um, what I'm trying to do with the intelligence at Fortinet is to make it actionable, right? So we do that to uh, customer protection. We do it through alliances, you know, leveling the playing field on intelligence, like Cyber Threat Alliance. I'm um, also on an expert working group with Interpol as well. So that's on the attribution side, right? Going, you know, cutting the head off the snake, as we say, going after, you know, cyber criminals, hitting them where it hurts to you. So... It all starts with research, so, so in a nutshell, what we're doing.
0: Well, I'm glad to count you on the friend side of the relationship for me anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's talk about this talk that you're having at RSA. By the way, for everyone, yeah. this is a little bit of a preview. It's July 18th. Uh, it's at 1.15 p.m. So the premise of your talk, you're talking about that the time that malicious code takes to move through the phases of the kill chain is accelerating, right? What's happening with that?
1: Obviously, with any... You know, for those who are not familiar, uh, you know, with any given attack, obviously there's no silver bullet, right? I mean, uh, it's not just someone clicks this, this button magically, and uh, and an attack is successful, right? I mean, there's all these different phases to an attack, right? Mm-hmm. Starting with, uh, you know, it's, it's no different. It's no different than crime in the real world, right? you starting out with reconnaissance. If you're a if you're a thief trying to break into a house, you have to know when people are coming and going from the house. You have to know what kind of lock that they use on the door. It's all about blueprinting, doing reconnaissance, then you know, weaponizing the attack. So, i.e., trying to find uh, the weakest link in the chain to be able to get into the house, in that analogy. It's no different with networks, of course. In, mm-hmm. in our world, we're dealing with exploits, vulnerabilities, drive-by downloads, these sorts of things. Once you get a foothold on the network, of course, you've got to be able to la- move laterally. You're often mm-hmm. not getting to that database store that you're after. Right. So traditionally, if we look like 20 years ago, this was a very long, very long, slow process, right? Because Qantasense took some time to be able to do blueprinting, Weaponizing attack takes a very long time. And, and, you know, if you're talking about developing a zero-day exploit, it could, it could take months, if not years. You know, I mean, if you look nine years ago at Stuxnet, there that was, that was a case where they had four zero-day exploits. I think, that was very sophisticated. Right. That was over a two, two-year 2 development cycle. So this is a long, a very long cycle traditionally, but what we're starting to see in the research, and you know, the what I'm going to be um, talking about at, uh, at my presentation is how offensive automation is now being used. Right before AI and machine learning comes automation. So in the world of the blue teams, the good guys, like uh, you know what we do in the world of uh, cybersecurity mm-hmm. and DevOps, it's all about orchestration SD-WAN, integration of intelligence, defending at speed. In the world of the nefarious side of things, it's all about how they can get in and out of the network uh, quicker. A good example are toolkits that are connecting frameworks. Uh, Showdown is a great example. Uh, you know, it's enterprise API keys you can use from a DevOps perspective to be able to download a blueprint of the internet essentially and use that to uh, automatically line up
0: the weapons, the exploits to be able to get into those systems. So, that's just a question I have about kill chain, Derek. Is, is kill chain primarily focused on what happens, all the process leading up to breaking into that first point of entry, or does it also include once they get in, move laterally, et cetera, what all happens? Is it mostly yeah. focused on the pre or the whole thing? So I actually so so first of all the, the kill
1: chain is obviously from the defensive side of the house. The idea of a kill chain is if you can stop the attack through any phases of that movement, you're effectively stopping the attack, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so really, what I'm talking about is the attack chain. Right? It's just the okay. inverse of, uh, okay. of, the, of the kill chain, but it's it's absolutely end to end, right? It's it's from the reconnaissance all the way to data exfiltration because that's usually the end game, trying to either get whether it's ransomware and getting money payment or, you know, theft of intellectual property, it's all about that end game of being able to um, exfiltrate ex- data. So it's, it's okay. the whole thing.
0: It's, yeah. Good clarification. So say some more about AI being applied to the, the preparation of, to get into the network methods that uh, folks are using to get, break in. Tell us what, what some of the latest techniques are. Techniques are coming,
1: so, I mean, you know, l- the reality is that Cyber criminals are still enjoying a lot of success on the basic things, things that we've been talking about since the 1990s, right? Mm-hmm. Taking advantage of Issues that have been fixed but, you know, haven't been patched, right? Because there's still patch management issues and policies right. that, and problems that are out there. Phishing emails, queer phishing emails, all these things still really exist. But on top of that, there's more advanced techniques that we're already starting to see. So I call these precursors. A couple of things, right? Uh, weaponization of artificial intelligence and machine learning. So this is leveraging AI systems and machine learning models to actually discover Software flaws, vulnerabilities, and create weapons to that. So, to, you know, to be able to weaponize it and create exploits to successfully launch an attack. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen a full, swing, a full swing cycle of that. So, I call this artificial intelligence fuzzing. I'll, I'll talk about it a bit in the presentation. But it's it's happening. We're starting to see some precursors of that. Again, the uh, uh, swarm technology is another thing I've been talking about recently, and I'll touch on that as well. The, uh, the notion of swarm is using individual infected machines, i.e. a botnet, to be able to accomplish a task that just one machine couldn't. So, of course, you think of things like distributed denial of service attacks. The difference Mm -hmm. is, traditionally, in the world of botnets, the attacker always makes the move first. They have to instruct, say, 100,000 machines to go and launch a DDoS attack at this url or this ip address right mm-hmm. the idea of swarm is when those infected nodes can actually pass intelligence to uh, to themselves and make an active decision on their own without the attacker having to do that these these are some of the more advanced techniques that we're starting to see some precursors out there for it's uh, you know the good news is it's not skynet it's not in a full-blown swing but it's it's <laughs> starting to happen right
0: and one of the things I've been thinking about is: Will we see the same thing happen in network security attacks that's happening in what's called fake news? Basically, automated let's go, automated bots that create fake content, but it looks real. Will we see sort of a social engineering version of that kind of fakes, fake social engineering that's all automated to help people break into networks? Do you think that's on the roadmap?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely. Again, the reality is they don't. Unfortunately, they don't really need to do that because they're already enjoying success off basic social engineering. It's I mean, too it's too easy. easy <laughs> it's too easy. Yeah, but uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, if if you look at other applications of artificial intelligence, of course, voice recognition being able to actually, you know, form intuitive phrases um, that can absolutely be be used for social engineering and obviously gathering data about profiles and you know, um, <laughs> personal information of people. So it's it's this definitely something that's going to be on the horizons for sure
0: cool so let, let's talk back on the kill chain side of it what are some things i think today it's mostly manual right there isn't a lot of automation that we use that is that true
1: a couple of things right if we're talking about the kill chain on the defensive side mm-hmm. um Technology has come a long way, and I'd say in the last two or three years. So, specifically, I'm talking about things like SDN, orchestration, APIs, interoperability. There's more vendors that are playing nice with each other now in terms of you know integrating intelligence and being interoperable. So, that's definitely come a long way. That's the good news from the the blue team side of the house. I, I actually think you know the other piece of good news is that security vendors. I've put a lot of investment into artificial intelligence and machine learning. I mean, you know, 49, we've been doing this for over six years now. There's a lot of smart people, right, behind this, doctorates in artificial intelligence and machine learning. To, to be able to have a truly intelligent, defensive side of the house, you need a lot of data, you need a lot of power, but you need time, right? And like I said, we've been doing this for years it's not the case for the attackers. They're just kind of starting to step up the game again into the mm. business of things like artificial intelligence and machine learning. So, so I think in that aspect, you know, for the first time, the good guys actually have an advantage in the never ending arms race that, uh, the bad guys are usually always in the driver's seat. So there's a bit of good news there. Uh, so, you're,
0: you're saying there's hope <laughs> there's hope.
1: Yeah, there is hope for sure.
0: <laughs> well, one thing yeah. I know that you, you've mentioned is, uh, Using different techniques like house of mirror based deception techniques would uh-huh. dilute the attack surface. Talk about how. What are other things that the people on in the infrastructure side of it, applications, might do to make the make it tougher for people to break in?
1: Yeah, so I'm a huge fan of deception technology uh, because it forces the attackers to go on the defense, right? It forces them to put QA models on their end because they don't really know what's real or not so the house of a thousand mirrors approach of course it's like the hollywood mirror uh, you know ho- hollywood movies where you have a cop chasing after a bad guy and there's a thousand images and they don't know who to shoot right it's the same idea with deception of course because you can put decoys or lures onto networks where from a dumb automation angle right from from attackers if they're just going in using some scripts trying to get penetrating in those networks it's probably going to hit one of those decoys because it doesn't know the difference right so that's that's what I mean about forcing them onto the defense. It slows them down. I mean, look, the whole strategy that we're always trying to do in the, in the fight on cybercrime is to make it more expensive for cyber criminals to operate. So we do that through increased security, increased robust, resilient kill chain. But we also do it through through slowing them down as well, right? Because if, mm-hmm. if, if, we, if, it, if it takes them longer to get into networks and more, more effort on their end, they're not making this much money and they're going to go knocking on someone else's door. That's the mm. reality, right? So that's part of that uh, strategic model. So yeah, I mean, essentially that's what I'm talking about when it comes to tapering, the an accelerating attack chain, We have to come into strategy to, to be able to slow them down. Certainly layered defense helps with that a lot. Segmentation, mm-hmm. micro segmentation, agile segmentation, all these different uh, methodologies that can essentially trap attackers in their, in their tracks. And deception though is a, a great, emerging technology it's been around for a while but it's becoming hotter in the market now that's a great approach to be able to um to slow down that and and again you know the the title of my talk is on flash war the whole concept is nine years ago we're dealing with years in terms of stuxnet attacks stuxnet era attacks right now we're literally dealing uh within the realm of minutes we've ran some Proof of concept tests just using some of just automation, not even full blown AI and machine learning models, but automation on, you know, uh, in, in a simulation test environment. Mm-hmm. And you can do an end to end attack using automation and tools in less than two minutes. But in the future, that's going to be milliseconds, nanoseconds, right. literally dealing with latency of attacks like the uh, like stock exchange.
0: Interesting. You talked about the house of mirror, the deception techniques. I had had the visualization of the uh, Enter the Dragon Bruce Lee movie, right? <laughs> that, that room with all the mirrors. So maybe that's something you can use in your talk. I don't know. Anyway. That's a good idea. <laughs> you know, I'm curious, do you see um, techniques and things that we're doing today? Is there anything that we might shed or stop doing in place of new techniques or will we just continue to layer? new technologies methods techniques on top of what we're already doing
1: yeah so i think it's more about layering um probably not true 100 percent of the time but a majority right i mean because you know the reality is that the attack surface is not shifting it's expanding so mm-hmm. because it's expanding you have to expand your strategy right not shift your strategy because again Spam and emails are still very prevalent today. I was in attack surface from the you know, 1990s that still exists today. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to cover that of course but but now in the world of IOT and Ot these are the most vulnerable devices out there you know I, I created our our zero day research program 49 you know we've we've discovered over 720 zero day vulnerabilities over the course of ten years to find a, a, a zero day flaw in a fully patched version of Windows 10. They have, at you know, ASLR address space layout randomization. They have data execution prevention. They have a whole security stack put in place. It takes a, its very hard. It can take a long time, months. Mm-hmm. But to find zero-day flaws in IoT devices, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. You can find four or five in a day. And that's the problem with the growing attack surface. So it's not about shifting it. It's more about uh, expanding it to cover all these other problems that are introduced with. With technology
0: right well and iot introduces the problem of those aren't well-managed devices in most cases right they may be being updated manufacturers yep. may abandon them right they're you know one and done and they make the product and they move on so it's, yeah, it's and, a
1: different environment and and what's worse is that they're inherently some of the most trusted devices on the on networks when mm-hmm. they absolutely should not
0: be Right. Yeah, your your webcam, your <laughs> thermometer, or thermostat, yeah. etc. Yeah. <laughs> Great. What else? Anything else you want to tell us about the talk? I mean, you've certainly given us a lot to kind of whet our appetite and more. Anything else that if someone's <laughs> interested in this topic, why they should come?
1: I'd say obviously encourage it. Come come to the talk. I'm going to be going into some actual case examples, showing some some code and some screenshots. Uh, uh, you know how how this technology is working. Um, a little bit more on on a technical level. The the good news, like I said, is that this is active research that we're seeing. Um, I'm also going to be giving some, some strategic advice. I'm not just going to be talking about problems. I don't like to just talk mm-hmm. about problems. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we are with solutions, including, obviously, we touched on this, like deception techniques, but uh, other, other strategies and some key takeaways that the audience can have. So,
0: Excellent. Well, it sounds like an exciting, well, it is an exciting talk. I can tell. I wish I was going to Singapore to, to see you do this talk, but I'm glad that we can uh, get a, a little bit of a preview on the podcast.
1: It's never a boring day in the office, as we say. So I'm always uh, excited to to educate and then learn also, right, as we research and continue the journey.
0: Well, and it's awesome to have have you on the podcast, someone who's been doing this for really investing a lot in in creating the state of the art of what we do in network security. Well, we've reached another end of another DevOps chat podcast. The time has just flown by like they always do. I'd like to thank Derek Mankey, Chief of Security Insights at Fortinet, just a reminder, his f- talk is Flash War, Tapering and Accelerating Attack Chain on July 18th in uh, RSA Asia Pacific and Japan Conference, 1.15 p.m. Thanks for being on the podcast, Derek. Great to have you here.
1: All right. It's my
0: pleasure. Thank you so much. Wonderful. And, of course, we want to thank you, your listeners, for joining us. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com, and you've listened to another DevOps Chat.